0: RadioInfluence.com
1: This is The Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights. And a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now,
2: here's your host Tim Loy.
3: Welcome to The Valor Hour. I'm your host Tim Loy. I'm joined by my co-hosts her usual each week, Justin Watson, Greg Hopkins, joining me here for the next hour. We're going to be uh, talking about uh, we're going to we're going to break down the uh, UFC San Antonio card from this past weekend. We're going to do an oh so brief preview of UFC 240 that's coming up uh, this Saturday from Canada, and uh, then we've got a couple interviews. We're going to talk to both sides of the main event for next weekend's Valor Fighting Challenge 61 that goes down at the Cotton Eye Joe in Knoxville, Tennessee. Catch live on Flow Combat or in person, even better. It's going to be Cody Durden taking on Dre Miley for the first ever uh, VFC professional Bantamweight championship five rounds these guys don't like each other we're gonna talk to both guys hope we get a little bit of a little talky talk going uh, Justin how's it going my man we're, uh, we're we're kind of in that little short lull before we uh, ramp it right back up next week
0: yeah man doing pretty good I had a couple tough weeks on the books looking to hopefully get back in there this weekend.
3: Yeah, this weekend is a little bit of a crapshoot, man. There's a lot of fights that I'm a little, uh, I'm a little uh, unfamiliar with, with at least one side of them. So we'll see if we can't provide any, uh, any insight into all that. Uh, but before we do, uh, let's start things off with a recap of last week. It was the UFC on ESPN number four, and uh, it was in San Antonio, Texas, uh, headlined by a welterweight contest. Rafael Dos Años RDA taking on Leon Edwards. We'll talk about that here in just a moment. Uh, a lot of decisions on this card, guys. Man, a whole lot of decisions. Like freaking nine or something. Um, we uh, we started things off we'll, uh, on the prelims there. Uh, Felipe Colares pulls up probably the biggest upset on the card. He was probably, the, I'm pretty positive he was the biggest betting underdog on the card. Gets a split decision win over Domingo Pilarte, Moves to nine and one. Pilarte falls to eight and two. Mario about Batista with another upset. If you're betting underdogs early, then you were you, you hit the first two. Mario Batista climbs to seven and one with a unanimous decision win over the South Korean Jin Soo Son, and uh, then Ray Borg uh, moves up to uh, bantam weight and gets a unanimous decision win over a pretty tough Gabriel Silva. That was Eric Silva's brother. I found out, and that guy. Was, I mean, he didn't have a bad debut. Um, he faded a little bit there, and Borg started slow, but really came on strong the last two rounds. Was was really tenacious and uh, had a good, had that that good motor and the wrestling. It was just uh, too much pressure there on the, at the end for Silva. Uh, anything stick out to uh, you on these prelims, Justin?
0: Uh, all three were good fights. You know, I, I said going into them that um, these were three you know three fights with you know six guys that were young and hungry. And uh, I, I was uh, I don't know. I didn't didn't necessarily agree with the, the Susan decision. Um, I thought Ray Borg was outsized in the beginning. I was, you know, thought he might have a little tough time. Uh, but he's just tough and durable and uh um stuck it out, you know. Good fights. Uh Greg,
3: anything stick out to you in these uh, early prelims?
0: Yeah, the fact that
1: not only the first three went the distance, but like what the first six or something went the distance. This this card went on forever it did, but it was a really competitive card. But uh anything other than that,
3: not not really. Yeah, I'm with you, man. Ray, Ray Borg looks small to me at bantamweight as well. I think we could he could run into some potential issues as he starts climbing the ladder there if he decides to stay at 135. Just size wise, be interesting to see. Uh, we'll actually have uh, we I, I haven't announced the fight yet, but we uh, Ray Borg's wife Amanda Borg will be fighting on our September sixth. Uh, uh, card. That would be uh, VFC 63. And uh, I'm sure if you stay tuned, you'll be hearing a lot more about that. Uh, So we're excited to have them out there uh, at a Valor show here coming up. Uh, Moving on to uh, the top half of the prelims. Jennifer Maya gets a unanimous decision win over Roxanne Montefari. Uh, Clinton Abreu another unanimous decision win over Sam Alvey in a fight that was really... That was kind of the fight where they lost me for the night, maybe. I, I came back, obviously, whenever we got the the knockouts going towards the end, but at this point I was like, man, this... I, I'm struggling to make it through this. That fight was a was a hard one to watch. Uh, Raquel Pennington with a split decision over uh, Irene Aldana. A lot of people thought that could have gone uh, Aldana's way, but Pennington gets the split decision. And then finally another decision, unanimous decision. If anybody's keeping track, that's seven in a row. All prelims were decisions. Uh, Alex Casares, Bruce Leroy uh, drops the first round, comes back strong, makes some adjustments in the second and third round. Kind of had Peter, uh, Stephen Peterson like chasing him around, and Peterson didn't really show very good um, footwork, I guess you say, cage control, uh, Caseras gets the decision, moves to 15 and 12, uh, uh, any of those stand out to you, Greg, any uh, performances there that look good to you, or uh, just whatever?
1: I thought that Bruce Leroy really did pretty good uh, for his night on, uh, on the town, but uh, could you imagine how much money you would have made if you would have parlayed six, 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 uh, six spots going the distance, you you can put in like twenty bucks and win like three thousand or something. it have been crazy.
3: Who does that? I know. Uh, and you know, it's please. kind of one of those. I've noticed like, you know, the the people, the guys that that fight early. Well, a lot of the times, will set the pace for the rest of the card. If you get a couple of fights out of the gate on the prelims, where you know they're coming out, they're knocking the shit out of each other, going hard, getting finishes. They kind of like. Spirals like through the rest of the card, and I guess that could work the same in reverse because, like, once once we just started getting all these decisions, we just, we just kept coming, you know. Justin, any of these guys uh stick out to you or girls?
0: Uh, tough on Sam Alvey. I was looking for a win, but like you said, that that was just a horrible fight. Um, Caceres, I mean, got the job done. It's one of those fights that you just get irritated at watching him, you know, just run backwards. Basically, I don't know, he was picking his shots and and you know counter striking well it's just i don't know he just just never would would stay still long enough for them to to do anything i mean he just you know run stop and punch then run again just gets uh gets annoying there's not much you can do for that but uh good good for him to pick up a win
3: moving on to the main card yet another decision uh as andre arlovsky Uh, Gets the win over Ben Rothwell. Unanimous decision. Arlowski looked pretty good in this. Our our Rothwell didn't look real good. Rothwell was tough, but like. I think his days as like a contender are definitely uh, in, in the rear view there. Um, and then Alexander Hernandez, with a unanimous decision, uh, went over Francisco Trinaldo. That was another kind of one that was questionable. A lot of people thought Trinaldo won that fight. It was, wasn't a good fight. It wasn't a good it was not. I thought that it might be uh, interesting if Hernandez was trying to wrestle him. But he just kind of stayed on the outside the whole time, and they had a kickboxing match that was less than thrilling. Uh, That, if anyone is keeping count, was nine consecutive decisions going into the 10th fight, uh, which saw uh, Daniel Hooker finally put an end to all that with a first-round TKO um, over James Vick. And, you know, I think a lot of us liked Hooker in that fight, Um, Vick. You know, it was looking like he's his. You know, he's a big 155, but like he's not showing like the chin to be able to take these big shots. And maybe we see him move back, move up to 170. I don't don't know. Uh, Vic, Vic, for a minute had a had a little bit of steam behind him, you know, and uh, was was a guy that uh, you know was was calling for big fights, and now he started to falter some. Uh, Justin, your thoughts on the first half of the main card?
0: Uh, I thought Olaski looked really good for. Like, you know, being 73. Right. Um, Rothwell looked like shit. That was, yeah. uh, that was the worst I've seen him look in a long time. Um, the Hernandez fight was just horrible. I, I think Vic is, I think he needs to go up to 170. I mean, he's massive. He walks around like 90, 190, 195. Um, he's like 6'3 or something. Um, but, I mean, Dan Hooker's a hell of a striker, you know, and uh, caught him with that left hook and, he was out cold. Uh, three in a row. Is that, is that three knockouts in a row?
3: Yeah, yeah, I believe it is. And, uh, hooker's like I, I read somewhere that all of Hooker's finishes in the UFC, all of Hooker's wins in the UFC are by
0: finish. Yeah, I'm uh, talking about Vic. I think that's three
3: oh, knockouts in a row. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Loss. Vic, yeah, it is. He he he's gotten knocked out three in a row now, I think. And he is uh I don't know if it's the weight cut maybe. It's just uh, you know, he's if he were to go to one seventy, maybe he would he would ha he would fare a little bit better. I don't know. I think uh he is is kind of regulated the gatekeeper now, uh potentially. Greg, oh, yeah. uh, your thoughts on uh the first half of the main card.
1: Um I I thought Hooker was impressive for the evening. That uh, they had the Hernandez and fight it was boring. Uh, shout out to Arlowski because he was actually underdog in that fight, and I bet on him pretty heavy because you know we said and last week they had fought before back in the day in those affliction uh, mm. and everything. And uh, we we had, we had I guess we had all thought Arlowski would uh would win that one, and a lot of people who were listening probably would have won some money. They're paying attention. Uh, that's that's all that stuck out to me right
3: there. Yeah, we were all kind of high on our and Hooker there, I felt like uh I felt like going into the week. I, I was uh I was also uh really high on Pilarte too, though, and that didn't work out. Uh the feature bout uh was uh the ever polarizing Greg Hardy uh moving to five and one now, and he gets a 45 second TKO over Juan Adams. Um I was – I actually thought Hardy was – gonna on the podcast, I was saying that I thought Hardy would get this win. But then as we got closer to the fight, I started to waver, and I started going Adam's way, thinking that he – you know, hey, this is a big step up for him. He's going to drag him into deep water. He's going to maybe gas. No, no. Uh, Adam shot a really shitty takedown that Hardy easily sprawled on and and just beat him in the head till it was over. Uh, so Hardy moves to 5-1 and one there. Um, uh, and then in the co-main event, big the big ticket, Walt Harris – with a big 12-second uh, flying knee and then a big punch uh, knocks out Alexi Alinek. Uh, who's like 41 years old, and that was kind of an unsettling, uh, you know, scene to see him knocked out like that. But big win for uh, for Walt Harris. Real good guy. Walt Harris. I like Walton. Um, you know, it's a big win for him. And I think a, a good opportunity, uh, you know, to see him in a, in a big fight potentially next knocking off a linic. I wouldn't mind seeing him against like an ovary or something like that. Um, and then uh, the main event leon edwards gets a unanimous decision win over rda afield Dos anios uh putting him in the picture potentially for a real big fight but it's just so crowded there at the top of that 170 division one has to wonder if he's going to get what he wants or if he's still going to have to take another another real tough fight on with a guy that's you know still outside of that top five uh greg your thoughts on uh, the top of the card I was, same as you, as far as Greg Hardy,
1: as last week, I was thinking, like, bet heavy on a bet heavy on a bet heavy on, it. and then, uh, throughout the duration, you know, the time it took, and then I saw the weigh-ins, and I was like, well, you know, there's a couple big boys right here, I'm thinking that we're gonna go with the under here, and just bet on that period, because I think one of them is gonna go to sleep soon, uh, but, i that was a shit shot in there, I mean, he just sat there, uh, right? but, uh, moving on to, uh, Well, Harris, I I I went ahead and doubled down on the under on this one, but I was scared of that. And uh, right there, um, we won that one. And then at the end of the night, I thought Dos Santos was going to pull off the uh, pull off the upset there, and um, win me a little three way parlay there. But he ended up losing for me. So, but uh, yeah, that was I actually enjoyed the last three fights more than.
0: Well, actually, I'd say the last four fights more than anything. Justin I think Juan Adams it's time for him to go he you know he was talking a bunch of a bunch of crap and came in there and got made look like a punk bitch by a punk bitch <laughs> <laughs> so um both those guys I mean I, I don't know I was the referee was yelling at him for like 10 15 seconds I mean, he got hit probably 35 times and he was just holding on to a single leg not trying to go to the back, not doing anything and um yeah, I don't know it's Crazy! It, it, I, I think that it could have been stopped a lot sooner than it was. Um, it was wild seeing Wall Harris's big, big ass fly through the air. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see that happening. I, I thought Olinda was going to win that fight, but um just is still tough as nails. I mean, he's just kind of outsized at that weight class. I think you know that's eight in a row for Leon Edwards. Um, yeah, I think it's time for him to get a big fight. You know, obviously he had the thing backstage with Mosby Um I don't I don't think that that one's going to happen next but um something big I don't know we'll see we'll see what happens with uh, Robbie Lawler and um and uh Colby uh, Covington I guess maybe maybe he could fight the winner there I don't know let's wrap this one up,
3: guys. Let's go with biggest winners, biggest losers. This is one of those cards for me where, you know, some cards, there's like, well, there's really nobody that comes out of this looking that much better. There's nobody that comes out of this looking that much worse. I think there's a few candidates for both here, uh, winners and losers. I'll let uh, Justin, why don't you go first?
0: Uh, Biggest winner for me is uh, Dan Hooker coming off of a big loss, Uh, you know, and then obviously stepping up in a big way and getting a first-round knockout. Uh, And and biggest loser is – Bitch ass Juan
3: Adams. Yeah, yeah, I gotta. I, I can definitely see, uh, you know, what You know, as we talked about on the podcast last week, you know, Juan Adams. I wasn't real impressed with his first time around. He lost to Arjun Bueller, which is you know, a low, a low tier UFC, you know, fringe UFC guy at that. And so, you know, he's shown that he can be, he can be wrestle fucked and he's shown that he can be knocked out. So it's, uh, I don't know, man. Uh, Greg, your thoughts, biggest winner, biggest loser,
1: uh, biggest winner for the night. I'm also going to go with, uh, with hooker there as a, as an impressive victory over, over James Vick there. And, uh, my biggest loser for the night is going to have to be Ben Rothwell because, um, I just I don't know. I I like we said I think Andre is on the down slope too and that was an that was an evenly a, even fight, but I mean as far as interest goes in it, I, I guess I've like we've said it many times we're getting spoiled with these like super super USC cards and then we get this like I guess like you know, five or six years ago we'd have been like, Wow, this is a great card and now we're just like, Oh,
3: I got my ass with this one sometimes, so
1: but uh yeah, Rothwell's my biggest loser
3: of the night. I'm going to go with my, my biggest winner just so I can kind of be a little different here. I'm going to give it to Walt Harris because I think he has punched uh, his way into a, a potentially a, a big fight now. You know, heavyweights are always uh, at a premium. And, and when one gets hot and is finishing fights, you know, they have, I think he's got a good shot to, to get a big fight, maybe like a Derrick Lewis, something like that. Uh, biggest loser, man. I think there's a few. I think there's a few guys that have uh, that potential. Uh, you know, James Vick potentially, Ben Rothwell, as you mentioned, Greg. But uh, I'm going to go with Sam Alvey. I'm going to go with Sam Alvey. He's lost several in a row. They're not. They're not good fights either. You know, it's one thing to lose. It's another thing to lose and not be entertaining. I think we could uh, be, his, 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 his stay, he's a popular guy, I think, but I think his stay in the UFC may be, uh, may be limited at this point. That's going to wrap us up for ESPN, uh, UFC on ESPN4. Uh, let's move into this week's action. Uh, guys, quickly, there's not a whole lot uh, of uh, that I'm interested in on this uh, pay-per-view card this weekend. This is UFC 240, uh, and it's going to be uh, from Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and uh, you know we we it's to me this is a very top heavy card. This is a card that is uh, uh, that it, it's built on two fights pretty much. You know the main event and the co main event um, is what's going to either uh, make or break this card as far as you know people people buying it uh, you know and buying into you know, for for this uh, for this event. I'm going to uh, go ahead and, and jump into it here. Guys, Like I said, this is a pay-per-view card. And so um, it will, we'll start off here. It looks like uh, the first three fights are on uh, ESPN Plus and Fight Pass. Um, and um, let's see here. It's uh, th- there's a couple interesting ones here on these prelims, though. To tell you the truth, uh, we've got uh, heavyweights to start us off. Uh, Giacomo Lemos, undefeated, six and oh, Brazilian, uh, has fought no one of note, taking on a Canadian Tanner Bozier, 16 5 and 1. Kyle Stewart, 11-2, uh, is fighting a welterweight fight. Yeah, that's right, welterweight fight against Eric Coke, who was last seen at 145. Uh, that's, so that's interesting. Uh, you know, I don't know that Eric Koch is going to be able to translate at 170. Uh, and then Julian Robertson, 6-3, and three, uh, flyweight battle against Sarah Frota, the Brazilian 9-1. Uh, that is going to uh, round out the early prelims. Uh, Justin, anything here stand out?
0: Uh, yeah, <clears throat> just to Eric Cope say that that is crazy. Um, you know, going up whatever twenty five pounds. Um, I don't know, man. He, he's he. I think it would be a small a small lightweight. Um, so I'm not I don't know much about Kyle Stewart, but I'm interested to see see what that's about though. Uh, Greg,
3: anything here uh, look uh, look worthwhile? Uh, now, I don't
1: think Kyle Stewart's a home man. I think he's a tough cat right there. And uh, you remember having a couple weight classes. And, you know, I was looking at that on the topology. It's a really big mismatch there. So, if I wanted to make some money, I'd uh, put on Kyle Stewart this weekend.
3: Yeah, yeah, I agree, man. Uh, you know, he's certainly the... The lesser known name, you know, but man, 170. I mean, this—I have to imagine just going to be so much bigger and stronger, uh, you know. I—I got—I would imagine that I will be leaning that way, and I like Sarah Frota potentially as well. She's kind of a beast. Uh, the other prelims, uh, we move on here. I believe those are on ESPN, ESPN two, maybe. Um, the other ESPN. Uh, we have uh, Flyweights. This was pretty good. Alejandre Pantoja, 21-3, and three, number three, ranked worldwide, taking on the number four, Davison Figueroa, 15-1. and one. Gavin Tucker, the Canadian, 10-1, and one, takes on Sung Woo Choi, 7-2, out of South Korea. That's a featherweight contest. Hakeem Dawadu, 9-1-1, Canadian, featherweight, takes on Yoshinori Hori, 8-1, out of Japan. And then rounding out the prelims, it's Alexis Davis taking on Vivian Arugiao, uh 7 1, who's coming off a big knockout last time out. We saw her. Now uh, it's a flyweight contest. For me, not a whole lot floats my boat here. I think that that flyweight bout, uh, Pantoja and Figueredo will be good. Probably would have been better placed on a Brazilian card, I'm guessing. Uh, Dawadu and Hori, I also think will be a barn burner, right? But look at those are two guys that are going to freaking throw. Somebody's going to go down. Uh, other than that, I don't really give too many shits. Greg. <laughs> Uh, make sure, my, okay. I'm not
1: muted. Uh, I think another one on this list would make you some money for the evening is uh, Gavin Tucker. I think that uh, I think that he gets the victor here, man. He's only got one loss on his record, and uh, he's finished a few guys. And you know, uh, uh, Wu Chu guy's fighting Wu Choi. Wu Choi. He's uh, he's he's sensible to the knockout. He's capable of being a uh, flat back in this fight. So I think I would go with Gavin Tucker on the books and, and on the DraftKings.
3: Justin?
0: I like that flyweight fight. I think it's going to be a hell of a fight. I mean, those are two two top flyweights. Um, some of the some of the last – there's only like 10 of them left, I think. Um, Hakeem Dowadu is always super fun to watch. Like you said, it's going to – probably going to see somebody go down in that one. Um, never care too much to see Alexis Davis fight. Uh, so, i probably – take a little break during that one. Moving on to the main event.
3: or I'm sorry, not the main event, the main card, the pay-per-view version, uh, portion, if you will. We've got Christoph Jotko Polish fighter, 24, in a middleweight b- uh, battle against Mark Andre Baralt, 11 and two Canadian. Uh, OAM Olivier Aboun Moussier takes on Armand Sarukian, an Armenian, 13 and two, and Jeff Neal, um, 11 and two, welterweight contest takes on Nico Price. I mean. Yeah, uh, J- Jocko and Beraldi could be real bad. Uh, that could be a slog. Um, you know, OAM fights are not always the most exciting. He started to open up a little bit more and not be such a blanket. But, you know, that's always a possibility. Neil and Price could, could be action. I don't really – I'm not real high on Jeff Neil, but Nico Price is exciting. And, and I, I don't think Neil's is a boring fighter, so we may at least get an action fight. But I don't see this as like a feature bout third from the top on a pay-per-view card. Justin?
0: Yeah, it's odd placement. Um, I think they could have done done a lot bigger um, with somebody somebody local, maybe. I don't know. Um, but Nico Price is him, and he's going to push the pace. Jeff Neal super technical, um, and, and so I think you're going to get a fun fight out of it. Um, Mercier needs a win. Um, I think he's coming off of a couple losses. He's got a, a tough opponent in this one, but... Uh, uh, I think at home he's probably gonna be able to pull it off um and then like you said that that Jocko fight could be could be uh, a nasty one
3: Greg?
1: Uh, I like Nico price and yeah, like you like like Justin was saying about all the mercy here man he needs this win right here dude uh i I was actually thinking about taking him on the books, but after reading over everything' cause on the on paper it looks like a mismatch, but when you look back at uh. Uh, what he's been doing lately, you don't really want to, you know, you, you may want to fade him in this fight, but I'm not really sure. It's just a, a toss up right there.
3: Then that moves on, uh, brings us on to the co main event uh, Featherweight ladies battle. Chris Cyborg, 20 and 2, takes on the undefeated Felicia Spencer, 7 and 0. She's the Canadian here, so she's going to have the fans in her corner. Um, and then the main event, Max uh, Blessed Holloway this is a title fight, 145 uh, champion. He's going to be defending the strap against Frankie to answer Edgar. Um, man, this is a fight that we've been talking about for a while here. Uh, personally, I like Holloway to retain, and um, surely Cyborg wins, I would imagine. But for, like, Spencer, Spencer is, a very, is like plus 800, uh, so the odds are very much against her. I won't be able to bring myself to lay... Uh, you know, minus 1200, minus 1400 on Cyborg. If anything, I may put a small flyer on Spencer just in case, just in case, uh, Greg.
1: Mm, yeah. I think Holloway wins that one hands down, but, uh, I ain't going to be counting, counting none of my chickens on this, uh, Spencer and Cyborg fight because that girl is a monster. She's a human backpack. If she can get on you, she's going to choke you out. And, uh, you know, we've seen Cyborg get in deep waters like that, right there. Well, Nunez, you know, on, uh, well hell, she got knocked out real quick, actually. But I'm just saying that if it does happen, like if she, if Spencer's able to wrap her up at all, we may see a big upset here. But if she decides to, to at, at at least at all for maybe a 15 second period, decide to stand with Cyborg, she's gonna get hit like a man. So, uh, I, I I would I would throw and sprinkle maybe like maybe like, you know, a couple of units on Spencer there. And hopefully, you know, maybe like $5, you know, you win 40 bucks if she wins, you lose five. That's, I don't know. I like, I like her odds at plus 800. That's pretty, it's pretty, not, well, it's uh, actually she's moved down. She's at, no, she's not at plus 800. She's at, well, she started at plus 425. Now she, she she's on move down. but uh, yeah, I ain't gonna play either way though. If I did, I would sprinkle a little on
3: Spencer too. I'd probably play the under.
1: Oh yeah, I even think about that.
3: What is that? Is it two? Is it is it two and a half? Or is it one and a half? I need to pull that up. By the time Justin finishes
0: um, talking, I'll know. Justin, I'm, I'm showing Cy- Cyborg's minus five eighty. Uh, Felicia Spencer is a plus four forty. Um, so that's a lot closer than. I, I uh,
3: yeah, it's moved and the actions come in on uh, the action has come in on uh, Spencer. Day. Spencer earlier in the week I I had it pulled up and some sites had her plus 600 some had her
0: uh, plus eight. Yeah, I don't see uh huh. I, I don't see an over under but um, inside the distance let's see fight doesn't go the distance is uh, minus 750 um, fight huh. goes the distance is plus 450. So yeah, so I guess under, under three, under under four would be minus seven fifty. Yeah, inside the I'm distance. Okay. Well, yeah. Yeah, so there's not an over under yet, but I mean it, it's it's going to be probably one and a half. It's a three yeah. round fight. Um. So yeah, I mean I would, I would say, you know, it's going to be one and a half. It's not going to be any less than that. And so, uh, anyway, Max Holloway and Frankie Edgar, I think, is a a, a real compelling fight. Frankie Edgar is, um, you know, almost as big of an underdog as Felicia Spencer, but I think he's much more alive. Um, I don't know Max coming off of a loss. I mean, he's still the king of this of this weight class, but um, you know, he just he just went through a five round war. It doesn't seem like it's been that long ago, um, just a couple months. And uh, Frankie Edgar's had a little bit of time to to rest and and you know get healed up and. Um, I think it's going to be a fun fight, man. I think Frankie can give him a run for his money, but uh, I see I see probably a, a, a Holloway decision on that one. You know, what's interesting
3: is all the Canadian fighters on the main card are fairly sizable underdogs, including OAM. Um, in yeah. fact, OAM at plus 175, I may take a stab. I'll probably regret yeah. it, but, you know, plus 175 at home, yeah, yeah
0: I'll give it a shot. Nico's, Nico's not Canadian, is he? He's not. He's
3: from Florida. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Oh,
0: uh, I like him though. But he's
3: nearly plus uh, three to one. He's like plus two eighty five. Yeah,
0: give me the I'm eighty five against freaking Jeff Neal. Yeah, and I'm sure on DraftKings, Nico's probably going to be pretty pretty cheap on DraftKings. I'd say that's probably a, a good underdog pick there. Yeah, no doubt. Coke. I want to. I want to know what's, what's what's. I haven't heard anything about that Coke fight. I didn't have any idea that that, that was at welterweight until. I was looking at it just now, but, um, that's a pick them fight to both minus minus one ten for him and Kyle Stewart. I don't don't know if it was just like a last super last minute thing, but, uh, you know, trying to revamp your career, move up. You don't jump away. You know, you don't skip over a weight class. That's, that's a huge jump. I'd be interested to hear what the story behind that one is. Yeah, no doubt.
3: We will wrap all this up next week. We'll recover uh, what happened, what went down, uh, as well as uh, the full breakdown for for the Valor card as well. Uh, we're going to let Justin go uh, at this point, and uh, and we'll we'll, be, we'll begin our interview uh, process here with the, both ends of our main event for uh, next week's show uh, here in Knoxville. Uh, Justin, we appreciate the time, my man. We'll talk to you next week.
0: Sounds good. See you guys then.
3: All right, joining us first on the line, we have got one half of your main event for next week's VFC 62. It's going down in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Cotton Eye Joe. Catch it live on Flow Combat, or better yet, catch it live. We've got Cody Durden joining us. He's going to be taking on Dre Miley for the first ever VFC Bantamweight Professional Championship, five rounds potentially. Cody, how's it going, my man? What's going on, man? It's not going to last five
4: rounds.
3: Yeah, I't show you. I'm not gonna last all rounds. All right, I like to hear it. I like to hear it. We appreciate you taking a little bit of uh, time out to talk to us. I know this is likely your your last hard week here before you settle into uh, fight week. Uh, so uh, we uh, we do appreciate you taking some time in, in your hell week here. Of course, uh, last time out you got a quick win uh, at Smokey Stadium. Stayed busy coming off of your big King of Sparta victory out in Colorado. We talked about that a little bit last time. And uh, you know, this is a fight that you've been calling for, man. You've been calling for this uh, this title fight. You've been calling For Dre, you guys have got very similar records, uh, you know, uh, and it's a a fight that's uh, kind of just been destined to happen, it seems like, over the past year or so. Like we've been talking, uh, talk a little bit about it, man. Uh, what you know, the preparation that's been going into this fight, and uh, you know, your your thoughts on it,
4: man. Uh, I think I think Dre's a good guy, uh, all around good person, but you know, um there's levels to this shit. And, uh, next Friday, I'm going to show you that I'm on a whole another level of these guys. And, uh, right now, you know, I'm just waiting on the big call up, uh, come next Friday. I have that belt on one shoulder, the King of Sparta belt on the other, other shoulder. And, uh, you're going to need a fucking army to come and take it from me. Very the confident. Preparation, the preparation has been good, man. been doing a lot of cross training with, uh, American top team Atlanta. And, uh, a boxing gym called Shape Fitness out of Rome georgia, and I uh, just been focusing on on you know becoming the the better fighter that I can be, you know keep my hands up and and focusing on the small details that that are gonna uh make me
3: great one day. You know, uh, you you were uh, were on the same card as Dre at the at the stadium show. He fought a uh, fellow Georgia fighter that night. Uh, yeah, got a decision win uh, over uh, over Diego Batista. Uh, you know, so I'm sure you got to catch a anyway, little of that. Anything stand out to you? Anything that he did well that uh, you know that that caught your eye?
4: Yeah, I mean, he fought a great fight. You know, he stopped the takedowns and uh, controlled the. Uh, the to fight in the clinch and uh he did well, you know, and I wanna I want to test myself and uh, you know, continue to climb the ladder and uh, Dre's gonna be a great opponent.
3: You know, I've talked I've talked highly about both of you guys and, you know, a lot of the times uh, when I'm asking about you, you know, this is a guy that's a next level guy. This guy, you know, a year from now, you're gonna see him in UFC Bellator. You've got um uh, great training partners, coaches, teammates there and American top team guys that are, that are already, you know, doing the damn thing that are in the UFC that are in Bellator. So, you know, you've got those contacts and, you know, you're, you're on their radar. Uh, you know, you think this, you know, a win here, uh, you know, a tie, a prof- another professional title to add to your collection. Uh, you think that's going to be, uh, you know, kind of the thing that pushes you over the ledge to, to, to get the call, you know, to the, to that next, to that next level, because, you know, I know the matchmakers on, uh, on, on those levels are, are watching you now?
4: Yeah, I mean, it should. I mean, every fight uh, uh, I think that, you know, coming off a big tournament win, uh, fight three times in one night, you know, uh, some guys don't understand how hard it is to actually win that tournament. You know, you're just mentally and physically exhausted by the end of the night. And uh, to, to top it off the way I did with the knockout finish is, is spectacular, you know. But Yeah, I believe they have their eye on me. You know, uh, there's been words that, you know, my manager's telling me and and my coach is telling me that, you know, hey, they asked about you. And so, uh, you know, I just got to get out there and and perform, which I know I will. When the lights come on, man, I always perform. You know, that's why I have seven finishes, three knockouts and four submissions, uh, six first-round finishes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people say, you know, I've cherry-picked my opponents. I haven't cherry-picked my opponents. The tough guys that I stepped up to are the ones that pulled out, not me. I don't go running. I show up and I fight injured with a broke hand, you know, hurt ribs, hurt feet. I show up and I fight, and that's what I was born to do. I was
3: born to fight. Of course, I've got Greg Hopkins with me. He's kind of uh, he kind of like falls right in the middle of Knoxville and 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 in your neck of the woods down there in Georgia. He's he's in Chattanooga, so he's familiar with both cams, very familiar. Greg, what you got for our guy uh, Cody?
1: I mean, you guys touched touched a, a lot there, and uh, I don't know how much more Cody can say unless we actually had Dre on the line and make it talk. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I I I from the moment. Um, you know, Cody. We could get Cody in back. You know, back on Valor. You know, because we had him three or four years ago, and uh, with David Lewis, and that one fell through day of the event. Real upsetting. Then, uh, you know, we try to get him on here later in the year. We finally got him at the Pigeon Forge, uh, or, or you know, the, the Smokies. We got him at the stadium, and then, uh, and 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 it was awesome because we had Dre on there too. And then, you know, right after Dre's fight, we didn't even get the decision yet. And, you know, Cody was out in the audience, you know, and there's that, there's that brief moment, you know, where it's just real quiet and everything's just subtle. <laughs> and, you know, the dust is, you know, the smoke's clear and everything's just kind of fading. And you can hear Cody in the back, Hey, Cray, you know, you will take more than that to meet me. And I looked over, and there you see Cody standing on a table or something, yelling, yelling, right Dre. and Dre just looks over and was like, what the fuck? You know, I just, <laughs> I, I, and that right there built this fight up for me alone. I'm excited for this fight, uh, Cody, man, just, uh, best of skills and good luck to you. And, uh, I'm
3: excited to watch this one. Thank you. So Cody, uh, you know I, I know guys don't like to to make predictions, but you've already kind of gone out on a limb, said we're not going five rounds. That means you you know you're you're confident in a finish. Uh, how important is it to you to get a, to get the finish here? You know obviously uh, the the big shows they like to see finishes, uh, but at the same time you want to make sure you you know you get the win. He's not going to be an easy guy to get out of there. But you know how uh, you know how much pressure do you put on yourself to to make sure you get him out of there?
4: Man, there's no pressure, you know. I'm going to take what he gives me. I stay composed. I see everything and just react, you know. If he comes hard out, out, out the from, from the bell, if he comes hard out from the bell, that's when we're going to take you, you know. If, if we're in a striking battle, that's when we're going to take it. But I'm pretty sure I'm going to get my takedown within 10 seconds to finish the fight.
3: <laughs> All right, man. I love to hear it. I love to hear it. Uh, before we let you go, I'm to let you get some shout outs where they're due. I know you've got uh, you know some training partners, friends, and family, sponsors you want to give some love to. And also, where, where uh, people can follow you on social media? Get that up.
4: Uh, you can follow me on so- social media at Cody Doden, uh, Instagram at Cody Doden. And uh, you know, shout out to my sponsor, Eat Clean Bro, Trad Mechanical, uh, Octagon Sports Massage. Uh, prototype combat team, and uh, scrap fighter management. And uh special thanks to Scott Brannon. He always comes through and sponsors me for my fight and uh, makes sure I have everything I need uh, during fight camp. And uh,
3: it doesn't go unappreciated. I appreciate it a lot. Once again, this has been one half of your main event for next week's VFC 62. It all goes down in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Cotton Eye Joe. If you can't be there in person, make sure you check it out live on Flow Combat. Cody, thanks so much for the time, my man. Best of luck, best of skills to you. We will see you next week. Thank you, man. Thank you. Have a good night. All right, now joining us on the line, the other half of your main event. For next week's BFC BFC 62, he's going to be going in for five rounds potentially with Cody Durden, who we just spoke with. We got Dre Miley on the line joining us. Dre, how's it going, my man? Pretty good, man. How you doing? We're doing good. We're doing good. Excited to talk to you, bro. And uh, we, we appreciate you taking a little bit of time out to talk to us. Uh, as I said with Cody earlier, I know this is uh, most likely your hard week for uh, for training this last week of hell, if you will, before you kind of settle into weight cut mode and, and that kind of thing next week. So so thank you for, for taking a little bit of time to talk with us. Of course, uh, a little background here. Dre is coming off of four consecutive wins Uh, four wins in a row here It puts Dre at six and two going into this title fight next week. And this is a fight that uh, has been talked about now for some time. Uh, You know, we're, we're real, we're real excited for it. We were just talking about how how pumped we are for this fight. Uh, We'll get things going with Greg over here. Of course, Greg does the color commentary on the flow combat broadcast. Uh, Greg, what you got for Dre this evening? What's up, Dre? What's up, man?
1: Hey, man, uh, I had a couple questions for you, brother. I know your last opponent was uh, was Diego man and he uh, he was a hell of a wrestler, you know, but uh you take it a couple more steps, so uh, uh, levels up in that in that in the in the wrestling department. You guys been training pretty tough over there with that the
2: KMA? oh yeah, we're always training hard at wrestling it's It's always a thing at a gym. we never stop wrestling, it always incorporates into what we do, so it's never a day where we're just like we'll just fly away from wrestling, we're always working. No, good deal. I've been
1: seeing you guys working your uh, strength and conditioning over there at the, uh, at the body shop, Frankie's Body Shop, all the time, man. And I see you guys busting it over there. What is? Uh, what are some things you were uh, maybe gonna kind of do in this camp? What have you guys tried to do uh, uh, to to maybe modify what you got coming up for Cody? Anything you want to share with us, or do you just want to you know call Cody and tell him what you're what you're doing? You know, what what you got going on?
2: Uh, nah, nothing really. Yeah, I mean, I'm seen him fight a few times. He does the same old thing. He's going to try to wrestle, or at least he said he would on that response video or that actual video he made. I mean, he can try to wrestle. I mean, I I honestly think Diego's a better wrestler than him because Diego's relentless. And watching his last fight against Jeremy Rogers, he barely got the takedown because Jeremy slipped up. So, I mean, nothing really changes. I mean, still working hard, still hitting the scrambles and still wrestling, still letting my hands go. So nothing really changes. I just elevate everything.
1: Has um has the mouth of Cody because that man likes to talk. Has he got under your skin a little bit? Has it bothered you or did he even give a
2: shit? I mean, it motivates me. Like so, where from growing up where I did, I mean, you know, you got a bunch of cousins and everything. You playing sports with everybody. Everybody's jaw jacking. Everybody's talking the most trash. So that doesn't do nothing but motivate you. So I mean, he can talk. I mean, you know what they say about the dogs: the uh, uh, one who barks the most won't bite. So I mean, right. he does a lot of barking. He's been barking for over two years. And when I finally start saying stuff online and start putting out memes and stuff like that, he gets quiet because now he's trying to get into combat mode. <laughs> That's fine. You add more hey. fuel to the fire.
1: Oh yeah. When he did that, when you know, before they made you and Diego's decision over there, when he yelled out at you at the uh, at the Smokies, man, can you tell me what was
2: going through your mind right there? Oh, I was hot. I mean, at that point, I didn't know if I had to did enough to to deal away with Diego because, you know, that was a wrestling match in itself. And so I was already heated. I was tired. I was ready to get out of there. And with him doing his barking outside the cage, it was kind of, it was kind of funny because like, I was like, oh, so prior before this at our public weigh-ins, me and him was jaw jacking each other because we fought and we had to line up right behind each other. And he was like, Dre, so when uh, are we going to run? I said, dude, you got to get past uh, dude first. <laughs> So we've been jaw-jacking for a while, and then he decides to have a beer and get liquid courage, and then he starts spouting out. And then when I get out the cage, he's nowhere to be found. So, (laughs) I mean, he's going to talk. I mean, that's what he does. That's how he gets most of his opponents. Most of his people that he wins against, he he jaw-jacks them. They they fight his fight. And the bad part is I'm I'm, used to trash-talking because I'm the one talking the most at the gym and getting everybody riled up and whatnot. So. (laughs)
1: Well hey man, I'm uh I'm telling you right now, this this is like you said, it's two years in the making. He's been trying to get up here and, and uh he's been calling for you and you uh and and he wants you and you want him and there's some bad blood here and like I was telling Tim before we called you, I'm a fanboy for this fight, man. I'm excited for this, dude. This is uh this is probably one of my votes for five of the year right now. This is gonna be awesome. But uh best of oh, skills yeah. to you, Dre, and good luck. Good luck,
3: brother. All right, thank you, man. So, so Dre, you know, uh, move, you know, diving on into this a little bit deeper here, you know, Cody's a guy that, you know, he's got a lot of, there's a lot of talk on Cody as a prospect, you know, he's an eight and two guy, uh, you know, he's, he's with American top team there. And so, you know, he's got some guys that are in the ear of, of the big promotions. And, you know, so, you know, there, he, he's a guy that, uh is, you know, he's on the radar, you yourself, uh, you, you're only a couple fights behind him. As far as record goes, you you have quietly amassed a four fight winning streak. You've been high here and, and active uh, over the last, uh, you know, over the last year, you you fought over four times. To- let's see, uh, let's see. You started this win streak. In November of 2018, so you know it's it's only been like six months, and you've got you know you've been busy uh, putting up win after win after win. Uh, Does that motivate you? You know the fact that that a lot of eyes are on him as far as the you know the national scene and potentially getting signed on by one of the big the big shows. Does that motivate you that you know you can steal a lot of his shine by getting that win here and uh, and kind of turn that spotlight to you as well as a win having that valor. uh, uh, you know, professional title, which has catapulted uh, a few guys up into the next show. Luis Pina uh, won the 155 title, and the next thing you know, he's he's uh, he's on the Ultimate Fighter. So, um, you know, does that add a little bit of extra fuel to the fire?
2: A little bit. You know, I really don't try to get too much into the MMA politics because it seems like the bigger your gym is or the bigger name that it going is, it's gonna, they're going to look at you because it's a staple. Like, American Top Team's been a staple in the MMA industry for a long time because all the other different areas have been, you know, producing people. But I come from a legit gym, too. So Absolutely. Just because we we don't have, like, everybody in the world popping up at USC. We're, I mean, we're getting there. I mean, there's more people getting signed every day. So, like, I do handle him. I do beat him. It's just going to make me look even better. And I, I don't really – going to sound bad when I say it, but I really don't care about the title fight. It's just actually going in there and then, you know, imposing my will and beating him. That to me makes it even better because I get to shut up somebody that's been talking for two years and somebody that's been, you know, talking about, oh, I could take you and all this and all that. I'm like, well, I'm waiting. I've been waiting. I've been working. You've been clawing and saying that I need you to fight. I really don't care because now I get the chance to smack you in the face and be like, yeah, you thought wrong because then he's got to realize he's not fought nobody like me. No one as strong as me. No one fast as me. So he's really got to bring his A game. So more pressure is on him. So to me, I get to perform in front of my hometown and I get to show out. He has to actually put me away.
3: Now, the, fa- the fact that this is a title fight, though, brings into play that we are, are set for a potential five rounds. Uh, has that altered uh, your training at all? You know, obviously, you know, you've gone three rounds, you went three rounds your last time out, but it was a taxing three rounds, you know. And uh, I think it was apparent afterward that you were probably going to need to, 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 to have a little bit deeper gas tank uh, you know, to go five rounds. Uh have, have you altered things uh, you know, in that regard moving into this one?
2: Yeah, well did more a little more cardio than last time. The problem what happened was the last fight I kinda like blew my load the first round because I had clipped him twice and I thought I was gonna put him away, so I kinda oh. went all <laughs> out on him. Yeah, I tried to go for a finish and I was and sometimes second round he just took control. So I mean this time be a little bit more not necessarily controlled, but more aware about what I need to do. Cause I know this guy, he's tough. I gave him credit where credit's due. He's a tough dude. He's a very tough guy, but I have to make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's and make sure I'm not giving him any kind of daylight because he does well whenever people slack on him. But whenever you pressure onto him, he just kind of cracks. So, um, cardio is always there and cardio is always up. And with this heat and humidity, it's making it even better. And then Frankie's, you know, it's always pushing me. So it, it, it's always good to do more cardio. So this time, hopefully, this one doesn't go five minute rounds, but I'm prepared if it does.
3: You know, uh, we, we, we kind of asked the same thing of Cody right before when we talked to him, and he guarantees it's not going five rounds. He's guaranteeing a finish, and he actually said, if I'm not mistaken, Greg, that he would take you down. You would be on – he would have you taken down within the first 10 seconds of the fight.
2: Yeah, well, you know, everybody's going yeah, yeah, to talk. Everybody talks. He said 10 seconds, but, like, you shoot, well, you better hope you get to my legs at that point because all respect to Diego, Diego couldn't take me down that fast. So if he thinks he's going to come in and just mow me over, and well, you got nothing coming. And yeah, he's probably right. It's probably not going to make out the first round, but he ain't going to have his hand
3: raised. I'm going to have my hand raised. So I'm going to oh, make an example it. out of him. I love to hear it, man. Both of you guys super confident. That makes me like super excited for this fight next week. Uh, man, before I let you go, uh, I want to let you give some shout outs where they're due. Uh, any sponsor love, training partners, friends, family, all that good stuff, or where people can find you on social media. And uh, close us out with, uh, you know, why fans don't want to miss this fight next week. This is this is the main event for you. It's a, it's a good spotlight uh, opportunity and uh, let, let, let people know uh, what they're you know what they're in store for.
2: First of all, sponsors, I want to thank everybody, well, teammates, first of all, everybody at KMA, there's almost too many people to named uh, James Adcock, you know, Caleb Miller, Josh Miller, um, Jason King, everybody at the gym, they always help push. They've been doing their best Cody during impressions and talking trash and trying to shoot on me. So I'm prepared for that. My sponsors, Frankie's body shop, um, Let's see. Just hard apparel, RDX guys to help me keep in shape, and it's it's a lot of people to thank. I, I right now I can't think of anybody besides just that core right there. Um, basically, if you, the people don't want to miss this fight, it's been two years, and if you wanna you want a true beef fight, this is this is probably the one that you don't want to miss right here because this this beef is real. It's not one of those like make believe us try to sell tickets. It's like we legit want to tear each other apart, and it's going to happen. It's probably going to be one of the bloodiest fights that I've ever had. I'm prepared for that. Um, you can find me like my social medias: uh, Dre Dre Ku Miley on Facebook. Uh, Instagram handle is uh, Dre Miley MMA one two one three five. Twitter Dre one two five at M- I one two five MMA. So I'm I'm active on everywhere. And also if you guys got better memes that I made or that as you saw, hey, send them my way too. So <laughs> keep this all the way up. I'm gonna keep this all the way up until he responds because apparently I ran him off Facebook and I ran him off Instagram because he won't accept none of my he won't accept my friend requests on Facebook and then when I tag him and stuff, he won't respond. But he has his entourage on to it. So Yeah, send me memes. I'm doing it on Twitter too. So I found him on Twitter and I'm attacking him on Twitter, so this is not going
3: to stop. This has been Dre, Dre Dreku Miley. You can catch him in the main event next week, VFC 62, going for that band of weight strap on his rise to the top. Thanks so much for the time, Dre. We appreciate it. Good skills and good luck to you next week. All right. Thank you for having me. That wraps it up for another edition of the Valor Hour. Thanks so much to our guests, Dre Miley and Cody Durden for joining us this evening. You can see them throw down against each other for the strap next weekend in the main event of VFC 62 in Knoxville, Tennessee at the Cotton Eye Joe. Uh, Thanks, as always, to my co-host, Justin Watson and Greg Hopkins for joining us as well. We will check back in with you guys next week with a full VFC 62 picks panel and preview as well as a recap of UFC 240. Until then, I'm Tim Loy signing out. Until next week, later.
4: Is a sitting ringside with David Penzer quick fix on radio influence.
3: This week on sitting ringside, we welcome Shannon Moore to the podcast. You were friends with Matt and Jeff Hardy like when you guys were 10 years old, or you were 10 years old. Is that accurate?
4: Yeah, man. We, uh, we grew up together in a town called Cameron, North Carolina. Sure. And, uh, we just kind of, we were all wrestling fans, man. We had a trampoline that we turned into, to the, uh, into a wrestling ring at that time. And that just led, you know, us to kind of chasing our dreams together man and uh that's what we did man we just set out we knew we loved wrestling it was a passion of ours and we uh you know we chased our dreams together mm-hmm. and you know like it's pretty crazy how many of us actually made it and uh was able to make a living and continue to make a living that come from that area because you know we grew up together but then later on as we had our own promotion like we met Shane Helms and uh you know then like Steve Carino, C.W. Anderson, and there's so many, there's like 14 or 15 of us, man, that ended up working for the top companies in the world out of our little promotion that we had back in North Carolina. Sitting ringside with David Penzer can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com.